This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1. Fight Back on Zoomer Radio continues. Here is Libby Zneimer. Welcome back. The death of former Mayor Rob Ford from cancer yesterday has prompted a huge public outpouring of grief. There's a makeshift memorial at his home and at the Douglas B. Ford Parquette that's named for his father. There's a book of condolences at City Hall, and we've seen dozens of tributes from both his friends and his foes. Now, in life, he was a very polarizing figure. Either people loved him and thought he was doing a great job, or they believed he was the worst thing that ever happened to Toronto. Councillor John Fillion had a bird's-eye view of all of this, sitting just two chairs over from Rob Ford in the chamber and developing an interesting relationship with both good and bad. The councillor wrote a book called The Only Average Guy about the former mayor, and he is with me now. Councillor Fillion. Hi. Hi. First of all, I'm, I'm very sorry for your loss. Yes, yes. It, um, it's incredibly tragic, um, you know, obviously for, for Rob and for his family. And, you know, he's a young man with uh, young kids, so it's... Uh, it's um, very sad. Yeah, I'm very tragic. So what are your memories of Rob Ford? Is, is there anything that really sticks out in your mind? Well, I have so many, but uh, I guess the one, the one that sticks out for me, it's sort of a combination of things um, that, you know, Rob and I had this sort of friendship based on this football pool and... Um, and, uh, you know, I would call him up on Sundays and to get his picks, and he'd be putting his kids in the car seat or whatever, and we'd chit-chat. And so we sort of developed this personal relationship around this football pool. And, um, you know, I could say I was, you know, other than his brother, I was probably um, in some ways closer to him than anyone else on council. Uh, but at, at the same time, we were political adversaries. And... Um, um, at the time of uh, during those awful months when Rob's demons took over and the alcohol and the um, drug addiction sort of took over him, um, I was the one who thought up uh, how to remove his powers and was the one who executed that. And it was, you know, I felt uh, on a on a person to person level i felt terrible doing that and as a, a member of council i thought it was um sort of my duty to do it and uh for for um about 6 weeks rob wouldn't talk to me if i'd pass him in the hall he'd just give me this terrible glaring you know angry stare um and then one day at council he just kind of walked over and put a sheet in front of me and it was the football picks and he wanted to you know establish the relationship again and there's nobody else on council that I can think of who would do that who would 
um, that they would just hold a grudge or they would, you know, if, if you're their political adversary, you're just their enemy. And um, Rob, despite me doing something so extreme to him, came over and made the overture to be friends again. And I think people just don't know that about him, how much he valued friendship and and that he had a, um, you know, that he had a very gentle, caring side to him. You know, uh, first of all, people, um, you are welcome to call in with your reminiscences and your feelings about the passing of Rob Ford. Uh, if you had any experience with him, the number is 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And, Councillor Fillion, that, that is a really interesting point that you could get beyond all that polarization. I'm curious... After he was in rehab, after he admitted he had a problem, did he ever come to you and tell you that, in fact, perhaps you did the right thing? Um, he sort of did, not in so many words, but um, he kind of let me know that. Yeah, yeah. He um, um, and and all of our conversations, almost all of them, were during council meetings. And uh, but during one meeting, he started describing what was really going on in him during those months, and saying, you know, thank God that's over, and you know, I wish I'd um, got help earlier, and I never want to go back there. I can't ever go back there for the sake of my kids. I, you know, I have to, um, I have to keep fighting this. Uh, you know, fighting his uh, his demons, uh, but he he um, he. Uh, I, I think he, um, especially um, after he beat the addictions and um, and thought he had beaten cancer the first time, he was really wishing that it had all happened earlier. That he had made life easier for himself by getting help earlier. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, of course. Uh, it's, it's, you know, what do you think it was about him that engendered all the attention, all that polarization? You know, if, if I think it had something to do with his authenticity. He never sounded, you know, quote, like a politician. But I think there probably had to be more to it than that. What's your take on that? Well, um, in the book, I describe uh, Rob as a human Rorschach test, um, and um, uh, I said that to him one day. He he said to me, "Why do people hate me?" And I said, "Well, you know, um, you know, people hate me too." And he said, "No, no, they dislike you, but people really <laughs> hate me. Why do they hate me?" And I said, "Well, um, have you ever heard of a Rorschach test?" And he said, "No." And I said, "Well, it's ink blots on a piece of paper, and what." And people look at it, and what they see says more about them than about uh, you. And you're a Rorschach test for the entire city. People look at you, and they either go, that's my hero or that's my enemy. They Everybody sees something different based on who who they are. And he said, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I get it. Yeah. Did, uh, did it bother him that, that, as you said, people hated him? It bothered him. He didn't. Yeah, it did bother him a lot. It it didn't bother him that people 
um, were his saw him as a political enemy. That didn't bother him in the least. He just figured that came that was part of the job, and he kind of saw you know us versus them in in politics, but that people made it personal, and that. Um, kids would, for example, say awful things to his kids in the schoolyard. Oh, that's always really uh, tough. That just really, really upset him. Anything to do with his kids um, just really upset him or any any uh, inference that he was a bad father or something, that, that really, really hurt him. Well, you know, it's interesting, you know, he, he obviously liked the other side of it, you know, if, if, if he didn't engender such strong feelings, he wouldn't have had the people who, on the other side, really loved him. Yes, and he he really needed that. He almost craved that uh, attention, and nothing made him feel better than wading into a large crowd of people who all wanted, um, you know, to take a picture with him or get his autograph or were slapping him on the back. You know, he... He loved going to football and hockey games and having that happen. He, John, he really what ha- enjoyed that part of the job. What have you been hearing from your constituents and from other, you know, taxpayers around the city since since yesterday? Well, I haven't talked to um, to a lot of them, frankly, but um, I think that um, it's just kind of human nature that when somebody dies that you focus on what you liked about them and what was good about them and I think that's um, happening pretty universally with Rob. And again you know there's this big public outpouring. Uh, Why do you think that he you know touched such a nerve in people and people sort of feel compelled uh, to pay tribute, say something, acknowledge? Because he was, um, because the people saw him as real, that he wasn't like any other politician, that he was like them, that he was one of them. He didn't speak down to them. Um, you know, a lot of people looked at him, and, and you know, he was overweight and he wasn't well educated and, um, you know, didn't wasn't articulate and um you know he was he was in in many ways an average guy and uh, he was an average guy who became mayor and people really liked that they looked at him and said gee the mayor of toronto is kind of somebody like me and perhaps more importantly he understands me he's sticking up for me finally we have a politician who's sticking up for me and i haven't felt that in my whole lifetime Okay. Councillor John Fillion, thank you so much for your insights and your memories. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, We'll be back with more on Rob Ford uh, and this with Tim Hudak, who knew him when he was the leader of the Progressive Conservatives uh, provincially. The numbers to call people, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we'll be back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1. Fight back on Zoomer Radio. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back. We've been talking about 
Rob Ford and the public outpouring of grief after his passing yesterday. We welcome you to call in to talk about Rob Ford, your memories of him, whether you had dealings with him, and, uh, you know, just how you feel about all this. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We've just been talking to one of his colleagues on council who knew him well, and, of course, Rob also had important political relationships at the provincial level. Tim Hudak was leader of the Ontario PC Party while Rob Ford was mayor. And uh, we have him on the line now to talk about his memories. Hi, Tim. Hey, Libby, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on to tell us all about it. <laughs> you bet. Yeah, well, I mean, um, I got to know Rob, he's probably almost 20 years ago. His dad, Doug Ford was elected the same time as me as provincial member of the assembly. He was from Etobicoke. I'm from Niagara. And I got to know the, uh, the boys uh, a little bit that way. And uh, I remember, too, uh, Rob being on council. He always helped us out as a party. But one conversation in particular, before he announced he was running for mayor, we had a PC function in downtown Toronto. He, he called me Timmy for this conversation, kind of like he was my football coach. <laughs> Timmy. He said, yeah, he said, yeah, I said, yeah, I said, Rob, you never think about running provincially, that kind of thing. He said, well, Timmy, I think I was taking a shot at mayor. And, you know, to be very direct about it, that was a bit of a surprise. He was <laughs> yeah. a long shot at the time. Most of the conventional wisdom, he didn't have a, a chance, uh, a snowball chance, to be polite. And look, he ran, he won, and the rest is history. Uh-huh. Now, how did you deal with them? I mean, they uh, that family is a force in Etobicoke and uh, in, in your party, I guess. Uh no doubt about it. Um, and like I said, there was a, a long history to their big supporters of Mike Harris and, of course, uh, Prime Minister Harper. So how do you deal with them? Pretty much directly. And one thing that uh, you've talked about on your show when people say, uh, Rob returned phone calls. And I would get a call from him uh, any time of the day, sometimes uh, quite late in the evening, but he always got back, uh, sometimes responding to inquiry I had or just, you know, advice, particularly when Doug Holliday won a by-election for us in Etobicoke. Uh, Rob and brother Doug played a big role in helping us out there. So Doug would call up, believe it or not, Libby, saying, well, he's got to get a lawn sign here and a lawn sign there and get it off this corner. It's knocked down all the way to that level of, wow. <laughs> of grassroots issues. Well, so he was deal with him? directly, really. He was he was uh, an amazing retail politician. Uh, was there ever any did, did you have the feeling that you kind of uh, had to go along with what they wanted? Um. Not, not really, and there were certain you know, things that we would have disagreed with over time. We were both all part of the conservative family, but um, you know, we had different uh, styles, for example. So he asked how I was working with them. Um, you know, some might say that I was a bit uh, structured uh, to a fault. Um, there was a, uh, Rob was very much a gut politician, right? He went on instinct, visited in his office. There's a little bit of chaos where mine was very, very controlled. That was kind of refreshing, and it was fun. It was unpredictable. But uh, if you dealt with him straight up, he was always uh, very direct and honest with you what he thought was the best thing to do, and then he'd do it, whether he liked it or not. You mentioned that when he told you he wanted to run for mayor, uh, you thought, wow, he doesn't have a snowball's chance. Tell me your thoughts as you watched him and his rise to power and, and notoriety as, as well. What did you make of it all at the time? He, um, two things were really successful for him when he ran for mayor. Number one, he showed incredible discipline, right? I mean, he 
got out a very clear message. He was going to stop the gravy train. Uh, he was the complete opposite of, uh, of then-Mayor David Miller and the group around him. And that's a success in life, right, when you're clear with what you stand for and you don't mince words. Um, secondly, Rob had an uncanny ability to understand uh, what his voters wanted and their viewpoint. And they wanted somebody who was straight-talking. Uh, he fought for uh, the little guy, and the little guy got behind him in a massive way. And, uh, you know, now, what do you make of this public outpouring? I mean, you know, not everybody inspires that kind of thing. Yeah, it's quite interesting, eh? Um, and it's a, it's a nice thing, first of all, um, because Rob did elicit really strong feelings on, on both sides, both pro and con. Uh, he certainly had his, his uh, faults as um, uh, displayed in a public manner, which is one of the risks in public life. The nice thing, I think, about Ontarians, that there's this massive support. And the other thing I'd say, Libby, I mean, I've, I've had the honor of being in a business now for 20 years that I've always found very interesting in politics, being a bit of an observer, a fan of the game. And I don't think I've ever seen a politician quite like this, this sort of creature that Rob Ford was. He broke a lot of rules in the rule book and was quite successful uh, as a result and really broke a mold. You know, uh, one of the things, and um, a lot of people draw parallels between Rob Ford and Donald Trump. I agree. Um, let me put it this way. So when I'd be in, out and about in the city of Toronto, and even in my riding in Niagara, I'd be wearing my suit and tie, so I'm in uniform, and people would come up to me, um, when Rob was mayor, and they talk about him. And a lot of uh, new Canadians, a lot of working-class um, citizens, folks, I remember a guy who was sweeping up the hallways in a hospital, and they said things like, sure, you know, Rob's got his faults, and they'll talk about whatever the issue of the day was. But you know what? He, he's not stealing any money. He, he's looking out for every penny, or he's fighting for people like me. I just thought it really uncanny. And when you'd see Rob's campaign office as volunteers, they looked very different from any other campaign of any other party, made up of people like that that I described. And truthfully, I see a lot of that in Trump's campaign when I see that on TV. And one of the things that was also amazing at the time is that uh, he seemed so much to represent the, quote, average guy. He was a very wealthy man. Yeah, he was, but, he, but it never got in the way or obscured his view, right? I think that... Um, Rob was uh, authentic to the core of what he said. He believed that comes across uh, to people. And you asked about the outpouring of support. There was, whether you uh, liked him or not, you agreed or you disagreed, I don't think anybody, Libby, could argue that he had a, a real love for the city of Toronto and the people that were, were in it. And I think that's reflecting the kind of reaction you've seen since Rob's tragic death at, what, 46 years of age? 46 years of age, you yeah. know, terrible, and small children. Uh, you, you, we're, we're waiting for funeral arrangements, but in the meantime, you know, there's a book of condolences at City Hall, and, and again, you know, watching the public react, um, it's really kind of, uh, you know, heartrending. Yeah, it, it is, no, no doubt about it. Um, it it's... How would you say it? Uh, I mean, it's bittersweet in some ways. Sad, no doubt. The, the family that's left behind, far too young. Who knows what else he would have accomplished if he had taken another run at mayor. But at the same time, there's a, it's a nice story of redemption 
and how um, Ontarians and Torontonians right, respect the fact that the guy said and did what he truly believed, and there's an authenticity about him. That, it's kind of, a, as I said, a rare animal in politics. It's nice to see that aspect celebrated. And the, the other thing that's, that's interesting, too, uh, in the midst of all the tributes, you know, some of them that came from people who were his enemies, not his supporters, like Kathleen Wynne, got a very bad reception. People are saying, wow, this is really hypocritical. Oh, yeah? Um, I haven't seen, seen too much of that. I, you mentioned the Book of Condolences and all that. And, you know, in 2016, uh, the real Book of Condolences is what you see on Facebook and, and Twitter and other social media. And you're right, there are some... Uh, folks out there who may say negative things or hide behind anonymity of some made-up name on Twitter. But, you know, what I'm really picking up from people, I was in my riding Niagara last night and I'm back at Queen's Park today, uh, honest to goodness, it, it's a nice thing about Canadians, like they're, they're saying good things, they're focusing on accomplishments. And, you know, maybe it would be a signal to other politicians that if we return calls more often, we actually go to somebody's house, we fix up the person who's in the not-for-profit housing who's got cockroaches you fight for the average guy it pays off in public office and it pays off after you've moved on from this world now do you think uh, rob ford's legacy will stand i mean he privatized the garbage and that still stands uh what else uh, of his legacy will remain the big one for me was the subway to scarborough he, he was like he was subway 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 sorry we all remember that slogan and i was leader of the pc party we had a similar position the government time under dalton mcginty was opposed to that and rob really through force of will and strong communications got that subway committed to and it and it's going to happen that was a big thing he got fair deals with the unions without uh, a strike you mentioned the garbage privatization i was actually in an uber today uber pooling with somebody and i, I sensed he wasn't a ford voter but he said, you know, the guy was authentic, he was true to his core, and the big thing for him was the food trucks, because that was a huge mess before. <laughs> now it's an exciting part of, uh, of urban life. That's right, part of our culinary scene. Yeah. Well, uh, he was a true original. I, I don't think we'll ever see the likes of him again. Uh, I, I'm with you. We, we haven't yet, but there are elements there, you know, like fighting for the little guy and returning the phone calls. Maybe I'll get a few of us uh, that are in this business a bit of a kick in the pants. Okay. Tim Hudak, thank you so much for your insights and your memory. We really appreciate it. My pleasure, Libby. You have a great day. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to 1. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.